Good evening, Shore Conference football fans. It's another season of the Varsity Link Coaches Corner here on the Shore Sports Network. Glad to be back for another year talking Shore Conference football. We're here at the, uh, the home base of the Coaches Corner, Asylum Sports Center in Wall, and we've got a lot to talk about. It's our season debut. Excited to be here. Uh, going to go through some of the Week Zero matchups, look ahead to Week 1, but the bulk of this, we're going to go through the divisions, give our thoughts, and you know, see uh, how it plays out, I guess, several weeks uh, down the road. I'm glad football season's here because uh, a couple Yankee fans on this set and one Mets fan, uh, it has not been the best <laughs> of summers uh, for baseball. So excited to be back. Bob Batters, uh, your host, alongside Scott Stump and the coach, Ed Sarluca. And uh, guys, a, uh, first of all, I haven't seen Welcome. you in a while. Luch, how's your summer been? Uh, you ready for another year? I got the nice tan working, <laughs> you know, a lot of time on the beach in the pool. Ed looks like Panama Jack, yeah, like in well. the middle of the summer. There's no tanner. Maybe <laughs> Joe Arminio is the only one who can You're beat you right, with tanner. You're right, right. Yeah, right. Joe looks good. And the stumper, Scott Stump, longtime Shore Conference sports reporter. Not too many know more about him, more than him, excuse me, about Shore Conference sports and football in general. So, Scott, good to have you on. Yeah, uh, it's good us. to be back in the fold. I was kind of, I guess, out of the mix there for a couple of years. So, yeah, it's good to be back doing Shore Conference football again. Already got out to a game this uh, past week, big week zero. That, how, how much that has grown has obviously changed a lot just in the last couple of years. This year was the biggest week zero of them all. Um, but it was great to already get to find out so much more about these teams and, you know, potential new stars in the Shore Conference. That's always the fun thing. Who are the guys we didn't know about who are going to be breakout players? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking down all these divisions and talking about all of it. Yeah, a lot to get to because week zero this season is, I mean, just call it week one. We, I've said that a bunch of times. Uh, 27 of our 42 teams played in week zero. So it's not the a few teams are going to get out there and get an early jump on the season, maybe play a showcase. You know, it's now it's the start of the season. So a, a lot to break down, uh, which we've done throughout the week. Uh, Shore Sports Network podcast, Scott and I really took a look at some of these games. But, Ed, I want to get your thoughts. Week zero, what, what stood out to you from the big slate? Well, the first thing I like to say about week zero I definitely do not think the teams were ready to play mm -hmm. in week zero. At least not was, in all phases, right? Exactly. It was too short a time period from the beginning of practice, even though a lot of teams practice early mm -hmm. on. But equipment-wise, they were, they were limited to when they could put the pads on. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it was ready. I saw two or three or four games and you know, on video and also live, and the teams were multiple penalties, uh, you know, by both teams. And, of course, the weather, as Scott and I were talking before, one cramp after another in the yeah. second half. And the games were taking three, three and a half hours to play. I just don't think it's a good idea to play week zero. I think week one should be the first week of the season. I, I agree in some aspects, but it – to get to an overall state championship game, right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So, but I do understand that first week, it's not, you know, a lot of teams are working through some things. For, for some perspective, during your coaching days, when, when did you start practice? Well, Usually. remember, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, so <laughs> we started September when the leather helmets 1st. arrived in the mail. <laughs> well, that's going back to we, when. September 1st was the start of practice in, in the 80s. Still the 90s still? Late 70s okay. and 80s. When yes. did it start to well, creep in, you know, earlier into August? When, uh, you know, guys like uh, Lou Versillo and John <laughs> Amabile were coaching, everybody used to start a little bit earlier and earlier and or earlier, and then it became June 
when, <laughs> when teams started the chasing practice, the rabbit, which huh? is what it is yeah. now. You could start to practice, you know, with your seven on sevens and everything. And uh, uh, immediately after the last state playoff game, that's mm-hmm. the rule right now. And, and teams do it. You know, Monmouth University had a had a uh, seven on seven tournament with 80 teams. <laughs> yeah. Rutgers had a, a seven on seven with over 100 teams from all over the state and other states. Uh, too much, I think. That's a that's an overarching conversation for another day, how youth athletics has become, <laughs> yeah. you know, all encompassing and all year. But to Ed's point, it's just how much the landscape has changed. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine get starting practice September 1st? There are teams that will have played two games before, before September that. 1st. Yeah. This year. Yep. And, and honestly, we got lucky that the weather wasn't worse. Could have been 95 yes. degrees, mm-hmm. 100 degrees in August a lot of times, and we got fairly mild weather. It was muggy, but, you know, I'm just wondering what's going to happen one of these years when it is 100 well, degrees or mm-hmm. 95 I, I degrees. I think we're going to get hit this weekend, Scott, right? The temperature is supposed to go up near 90 this week. Listen, as long as the bugs aren't as bad as they were They were weekend. bad. They were bad <laughs> everywhere on Friday, that's for sure. The swamp lived up to its name <laughs> on, on Friday night. Uh, a couple other ones to we'll talk about from week zero. Uh, we'll go down real quick uh, some of the top teams. Number one, Tom's River North. A huge 14-7 non-conference victory over Millville down at the Battle of the Beach uh, in Ocean City. That's the Group 5 champ, North, beating the Group 4 champ, Millville, from last season. The two top-ranked public schools in New Jersey. Huge early season win for Tom's River North. Uh, Red Bank Catholic uh, in an equally as difficult or more difficult game, you can say, for sure, against uh, number one Bergen Catholic. Scott, you're at that game. Just Bergen Catholic too much. Casey's, you know, you saw some areas they have to work on. Long season, you know they're going to be really good, but that was a very tough matchup for them to take week zero. Yeah, I think we'll find out more about them this week against Colts Neck. Um, I mean, the big thing with, with them was they could not run the ball at all on them, mm-hmm. which is very rare for RBC. I mean, they had 60 yards rushing the whole game. The first half was minus rushing for a mm-hmm. while. They didn't even have a first down until the final, like, minute of the half. They hadn't completed a pass until the final minute of half. So to me, it was really the offense just trying to get in gear. And again, I think part of that is Bergen Catholic is going to make a lot of teams look really bad. Their front seven is like the fastest group that you're probably going to see in the state. Their D linemen are running down quarterbacks and running backs from behind, you know, who are breaking the pocket or getting outside. So it's hard to decipher to some degree how much of it is that RBC might struggle a little bit and how much is it that Bergen Catholic, the number one team in the state, nationally ranked, is just that good. Uh, but I think the one surprising thing was RBC usually has the stud tailback, you know, the number one guy, Ben Sabino Portello the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That has not been sorted out yet. You know, it was very much by committee in that game. Uh, Jamie Gutridge scored their one touchdown, a junior. I could see him potentially emerging. But they, yeah, they're still trying to work it out as far as, like, who's going to be that number one guy. Um, you know, Frankie Williams, the quarterback, settled down, I thought, a little bit in, more in the second half. Um, but yeah, I think we'll just we'll find out a lot more against Colts next this, this week, which is coached by their old friend yes. Matt Ahern, mm-hmm. the uh, former offensive coordinator of RBC for a long time. Now done a great job at Colts Neck. Um, they're coming off that lost to Point Borough that you were actually at. I mean, the Borough looked great in their season opener. Yeah, their uh, their flexible and triple option is unique in that it it can hit home runs and hit big plays uh, at any time. Uh, we knew that with quarterback Matt Olfont and running back Jay Croce. We also saw they have an outstanding freshman, Jay Clayton, who had um, two touches on offense, two touchdowns, a 31-yard touchdown run, and a big 77-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the second half that 
really sparked Point Burrow, 21-point third quarter, put the game away. So now you're talking about a third guy that can take the distance anytime he touches the ball. Makes that offense very dangerous. Uh, and their defense, despite giving up 146 yards to Chris Scully, Colts next outstanding senior running back. The defense looked pretty good. You know, they were opportunistic, made some plays behind the line of scrimmage, had an interception. So Point Burrow looking real good to start off. I want to go back real quick to the Burton Catholic game because it, it's always, you know, sometimes you get on the field next to athletes and you're like, that's not, doesn't look like a real person. <laughs> I know you're And they have one of the about. biggest human beings you're ever going to see at the high school level. Yeah, huh? Nair Daniels is there. One of their mega recruits, he's six foot eight and three hundred and fifteen pounds. He has offers from Georgia and anybody yeah. else you could think of in the country. And yes, rarely I've covered you know a million games over twenty years. Rarely have you just been like, it looks like an NFL player got dropped into the middle of a high school game. I remember sending, I sent you the picture, showed you the picture. He said it looks like Larry Allen, like the old <laughs> All Pro lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. Like yeah. That uh, that was not a matchup. I'm sure anybody yeah, was you know, on eager yeah. to uh, to line up against him. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of those like, wow, they got some guys on this team that are just on a whole other level. Well, yeah. if you're talking about size, we got to mention Jalen Matthews yes. from Tom's River North. Who, he's only a junior. Which he's is, only is a junior, too. and if he what, what's he six seven? Six seven. You know, un- close to three. Under 300 yeah, pounds. Yeah. close to three, and he can move. <laughs> dominant performance against mm-hmm. Millville. Uh, I think he was the reason why they actually won that game. Michael Ford gets all the ink, but Jalen Matthews is a force, and nobody's going to be able to handle him. In and on shirt. both sides of the ball, too. Like he, right, I think that's what yeah. surprised people. We yeah, know him as played, an offensive lineman, defense. but at, at D-tackle, he had multiple sacks and yeah. was really disruptive. And he showed that last season. Uh, he played on defense last season. Um, they, they rotated some guys in and out, but he came up in some big moments. I remember, I believe it was their playoff game against Edison, uh, and he he jumped up, tipped the pass, intercepted it, and then like detonated some <laughs> poor kid on the team to try to tackle him. And uh, yeah, it's just he's an he's an FBS recruit for a reason, and they're gonna have him on the field as much as they can. Why wouldn't it make sense? You know, I actually feel sorry for some of the secondary players for Tom River North. It's hard to crack that one. Micah Ford, <laughs> Micah Ford, and Jalen Matthews are gonna get all the ink. You know, this fall. But they have some outstanding Division One, you know, Division Two players. They do. Council and you know uh, yeah. the running back, Josh Pruitt, Moore. Josh, Josh Moore. Moore. Yeah. I mean, you could list a lot of talent. A lot Roland of talent. had multiple sacks yeah. in the first game. Right. I mean, yeah, right. they got guys that would be stars on another on team another that team, are kind of more be. under the radar on yep. their side. And they also Correct. have another six foot seven, three hundred pound tackle and senior Justin K. So yeah, it, it doesn't end for North. An awesome season opening win. You know, they're going to be in a bunch of battles in that American right. division, so we're going to see them plenty more times this season. The game you were at, Ed, was, was Brick Memorial, you know, putting up you know, <laughs> some Huge more numbers. numbers, 51-25 around town. The Connor Deeds show continues. You know, it's, we're not surprised at this point because he's done it now for two straight seasons, but it's still impressive to watch when he has one of those games where he has almost 400 yards of offense by himself. Yeah, last year an all-shore player, a well-deserved uh, tremendous athlete and tremendous effort on Friday night. I mean, he did whatever he wanted. He threw. Uh, he didn't th- have to throw too many times, but when he did, it was an 80-yard touchdown pass. He ran for close to 300 yards. Uh, he just does it on both sides of the ball. But can Memorial and can Connor Dietz do it against the outstanding teams? Yeah. That's what we have to see this year because he certainly could do it 
probably inside of the independence mm-hmm. schedule that yeah. they play. The, uh, the last game from Week Zero I want to talk about is, uh, was a top-five matchup, and that was Rumson-Fairhaven, number five at the time, going into the Swamp and beating number three, Middletown South. Two big storylines from that game were, were Owen O'Toole, the outstanding junior quarterback from Rumson, just having a great day, and Rumson showing off a, another really good receiver in Nick Thomas, who had a big game. And then the injury to Middletown South quarterback Jake Zwakiel had a big run early in the first quarter, left the game, did not return. Uh, and he's their quarterback, their best defensive back, their kicker, their punter. That was obviously a tough blow, and Rumson uh, came away with a 24-6 victory. You talked to head coach Steve Antonucci from Middletown South. You know They're hoping to get Zwakeo back sooner than later, but a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, right he now. called it a work in progress <laughs> as far as like whether he will play against Raritan. It seems like a game-time decision on that one, so we, we just don't know. I mean, obviously the injury was enough for him to come out and not return in a game they really needed to have, you know, against a big time opponent. So it must be, you know, not just some mild ankle injury, you know, it must be something slow. And the toughest part with him is that's like losing four players. Yeah. Yes. You know, you're losing one of the top defensive backs in the shore. You're losing one of the top kickers in the shore and you're losing your starting punter in addition to a playmaking quarterback. So I think that, really you know hurts because it's not just you're trying to fill one position you're now trying to fill four positions and um as far as the other storyline you talked about yeah we, we talked about Owen O'Toole a ton in the preseason he led the shore conference in passing yards last year and he just looks like now he's just picking right up where he left off so that's week zero in a nutshell uh if you want to dive deeper into that make sure you check out the shore sports network podcast scott and i broke down pretty much every game from week zero and also the, the uh the scoreboard, uh, CVG scoreboard, where uh, you know we have the breakdowns and the recaps from all those games from Week Zero. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start breaking down these divisions and kind of see what we think. See who's gonna come out on top and uh, you know make some predictions that are bound to fail. <laughs> You're watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. here at Asylum Sports Center and Wall, the season debut of the 2023 Varsity Lane Coaches Corner, talking short conference football alongside Scott Stump and Ed Sarluca. So week zero in the books, and now we're really going to turn the page. Uh, right now we're going to just an overarching decision on the divisions. So we have some changes. Uh, so we're just going to go through. We're going to start with the American division, the, the top division. And uh, when you look at that, it, it's, you know, it's a juggernaut division. You know, Tom's River North. 
Red Bank Catholic, Donovan Catholic, Rumson Fairhaven, Middletown South, and Wall. So you have Red Bank Catholic, the division champion last season. You have Tom's North, which came into the division after dominating the Colonial Division, going 14-0, winning the state title. Uh, you know, a Rumson team that was in the Group 2 final, and on we go. So it's a beastly division. You're splitting hairs with a lot of these teams. The games are going to be great. We're going to try to figure it all out right now. So, Ed, what well, do you, what do you, when you look at the, that division, what's the first thing that kind of jumps out? Well, it's about time they got north up into that division. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, you know, I, I honestly thought that maybe Wall should have dropped down a division. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the only team that is going to have trouble contending with this other The hard team. part is who else do you put in? Yeah, well, I, well yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> but Tom's River North, you got to favor, favor them for mm-hmm. sure, you know, just on past history and the talent they have on the field. But, I mean, there's going to be I, – I, I do not think somebody will go undefeated this year yeah. in that division. It's a I tough ask. Don't, you know, <laughs> because you got Donovan Catholic up there. I mean – Tough, you know, still remains to be seen how good they are. Uh, Rumson, as you said, RBC. Uh, but I look for North to prevail. Is there a specific game between those teams you're looking I mean, they're all good. Is there a specific one? Well, I believe it's week, week three, right, is uh, Rumson and North? Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> they That's all a good are. One. Yep. I mean, it's a, like, That's a good early season one. There's been, when you went back to the older divisions, uh, you know, the, the classic A North, A South, et cetera. Or even when they were, you know, the name divisions, but were a little bit more spread out, there were years where you were like, well, this division's great this year. We can just cover this every week. It really is that with yeah. that division. And any, yeah, I mean, you got a top day. 10 matchup every single mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. You know, you could, ha- you could have a reporter whose sole job <laughs> is dedicated to just covering the American division the whole yeah. season. Uh, I think the biggest question for me is, you know, if we're saying Tom's River North is number one in that division, I agree. I mean, they're 14-0 last year. They brought so many guys back. They have the reigning state player of the year. Mm -hmm. They deserve that distinction. Who is the main team that's going to make a run at them? In other words, is Donovan or Rumson going to leapfrog RBC as, like, that number Mm -hmm. two team to set up the uh, showdown with them? Like, which game will we look back on and say, oh, that was for the division title, Mm -hmm. or will it build up to one? I think that, to me, is an interesting question just because – RBC has, you know, a few question marks on offense, I guess, as, as after the, the Bergen Catholic game. But again, we don't know if that's just because of the caliber of the opponent. But last year, Donovan Catholic took care of Rumson pretty mm-hmm. handily. Yeah, shot him out. Um, you know, yeah. And then Middletown South beat Rumson last year, but now Rumson's already avenged that loss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, t- the question to me is, can Donovan Catholic, Ed, do you think they can take that leap to where they're good, but can they go all the way to number one and take down the teams in their way. Well, that remains to be seen, you know. The, I, this division it could, could very well come down to the last week. Yeah. RBC and North yeah. play. When it, it absolutely you know? could. Now, I do you mean, think that, it helps them or hurts them that they have to run this whole gauntlet before they get to the state playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it hurts them. Personally. Because if you know, you could be pretty banged up oh, getting into the postseason, the part, you know, trying the, to make it through yeah, one of these. And yeah. if you have an injury. You almost feel like you're rushing the, the kid back Get to back. play if you want to keep pace in this division mm-hmm. because if you don't, you probably are taking a couple losses if, you, yeah. if he right doesn't play for a week or two. Yeah, right. Good to see we've got some viewers on Instagram Live. We saw Marlboro stand that Matt Cassidy jump on there. So. Yeah, we got some all-shore guys on this thing. We love, we love to see it. Best of luck to all you guys coming up, uh, especially teams that are opening up this weekend. But back to the American division, I think North answered – 
They answered a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. If, if, I mean, how many questions really were there? There's a couple, but you know, they, they played great defensively last season, which was the offense had all the headlines. How could it not with, with what it accomplished, with what Mike Ford did and everything? Their defense was quietly the number one scoring defense for yes. sure, and, and everyone knew that the schedule wasn't the same uh, as the American Division teams last year. But they did it in their biggest games in the playoffs. So they, they proved it then. They really proved it against a loaded Millville team offensively, which didn't score until about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Right. So you can do that against them. You can hold a lot of teams down. And they proved they can win a low-scoring game. They put up a bunch of yards. You know, the, Micah Ford ran for 177 yards. Josh Moore around 125. So they did the job offensively. If they're going to play like that week in, week out, they're going to win a lot more games than they lose. And they've proven – they don't have to score 30-plus points a game to win. Right. That's, to me, the biggest takeaway from yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. A day where we don't necessarily have it on offense, we can beat a reigning group champion that brings back almost everybody, and they slow down an offense that has Lotsier Brooks, one of the top wide receiver recruits yeah. in New Jersey. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, that, to me, is a big takeaway for, man, we didn't even necessarily, like you said, you talked to Coach Dave Oswitz, and he was like, we didn't really play our best, yeah. and we still beat – we still have a, a least, we yeah. still have a better win than any other team in New Jersey after week zero. It's it's really impressive what they were able to do. Now again, it's a very long season, and part of the the issue playing at the American Division is the attrition. I think if you talk to all of those coaches, they love the competition. It's not that's not the part that they're concerned about. It's you, at the end of the day, you want to win division championship, sure, but you're you're playing those teams. These are playing to have success in the state playoffs. They're chasing state championships. So if you go through a regular season and you get out of there, you know, through that, that division, and you're so banged up it affects your playoffs, like you'd rather just play in a division where you have maybe one or two tough games. So I think that's the, that's the, uh, the catch-22 there for them because you get, you're going to have a great seed in the playoffs because your power points, your strength of schedule is going to be outstanding. So it helps you in that regard. But it can also hurt you if you're not healthy. You know, last year a lot of the American Division teams were a little bit banged up. RBC was mostly healthy. You know, I, I thought so was Rumson. North, their starters were out of the game in halftime almost every That's week. That's the biggest thing I think is the difference this year. You're going to play four quarters every mm-hmm. week if you're them. And I think the other thing is North, I'm not going to say got away with. They were dominant. But they were Survive. totally run heavy last year mm-hmm. too. They were a pretty one-dimensional. Michael Ford can throw the ball. He made, he's mm-hmm. made plays in the air. But it's hard to beat teams like RBC and Donovan and teams like that, where like you're running the ball 80% of the time. throw it when you want to instead of throw it when you, you have, have to. to. It's right. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have one more question about that, North. Ask away. Did they go on any of the rides after the game <laughs> on I the boardwalk? The Listen, Ferris like, wheel? That, well, that is thing, a unique field, on, by the like, way. There's the height. Like the minimums, like I don't know. Jalen Matthews, are they gonna he can't get, get on anything. Him and Justin, King, are they even allowed to get it? Yeah. Excuse me, young man, like you're just way too tall. Yeah, yeah. Like the Ferris wheel cannot accommodate you. You know, that's a unique situation. I've played there a few times. You're talking about Carry Field at Ocean City. Yes, yeah. the the far goalpost is about 20 yards from the bo- actual boardwalk, and in the cold weather. That wind whips off wow. the ocean. It's, it's, tough it's hard the, to play. I'll there. tell you what, it's tough in the playoffs, and it's tough for any early season lacrosse games. Right. It is cold down there, but it, it's such a great uh, venue. Right. Uh, it, that battle on the beach, I, I was not down there this season, but the past two seasons I was. Re- they do a really good job, really cool event to cover. At night, it's great because you're on the visiting sideline, 
uh, and you got the Ferris wheel all yep, lit up in, in the, the background. Back. Right. Uh, I've never covered a game at Union City, which has an extremely unique stadium where it's, the football field is on the roof of the school. Yes. Right. But for my money, those two high school stadiums are, are pretty awesome and very unique. And if you have a chance to get to either one in New Jersey, you should definitely do it. The, uh, the flip side to that, and we're talking about North and teams contending, if your wall, like, you, you know what you're up against. You were in that division last season. You, you beat Manalapan late in the season to, to avoid finishing and last. Manalapan gets replaced by North, so you're there. And we, we're not – Wall's a solid team. You know, they took a loss to Manalapan, but you know you're up against it every week, and that's a tough one because you're a good team – that's probably not going to get recognized for being as good as you are because of the competition. Well, and it puts such a premium on your non-divisional games. Like, you basically have to win yeah. them because – To last, have a shot at yeah, the playoffs. That's yeah. the thing because I think Wall feels like, you know, playing the schedule we play, if we're in the playoffs, we could be two and six but yeah. be an actual mm-hmm. threat yeah. yes. because, you know, we played so many difficult teams that the teams we're going to see in our bracket aren't going to be on that level. Yeah. So I think their feeling is like if we could just get in – we could really surprise some people and show that like our record is not indicative of our talent. Of our talent. But losing that Manalpa game is tough because that puts you behind the eight ball where they play Howell this week. To me, that's an absolutely like must-have game mm-hmm. for them yeah. uh, playoff-wise. So, yeah, you're right. They, you know, they're never going to back down from a challenge. You know, Ed Guerrero runs a program that will take on anybody. But they've got dealt a pretty tough hand the last couple of years. And um, – I'll be interested to see what happens if they have another tough season this year, if they end up moving out and someone yes. replace, comes up and replaces them this year. But uh, still a lot of football to play. We'll see and about that's, that. That's a big question at the American division. I, the theme for me as we go down these divisions is they're all very even. Going through, writing all these previews and, and just trying to yeah. break them down briefly, they're all very even, all of them. And I, that's the goal of the short conference realignment. Mm-hmm. So I believe it has really worked in that sense. Now, not everyone is happy with them. You're never going to make all 42 coaches and programs happy. But I think it's pretty good. In that American division, it seems like you're always going to have that sixth team that kind of belongs but kind of doesn't with the rest of those ones. What do they do in the future? Like, if, if it's not Wall this year, who else is it? That mm-hmm. would make sense. And it's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put. Well, it starts to become like, is the colonial division champion or whatever. Just get that's like, it's like, it's like, like yeah. gets moved up. Like your reward for having a great <laughs> season know. is to now get put against a, yeah. a bunch of other Throw powers the in the short den. conference. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of debate among the coaches themselves of whether they like this alignment or whether they like divisions that are more like, okay, you have two or three good teams at the mm-hmm. top. And then kind of the teams behind, and they're a little bit more balanced. But, I mean, we'll see. But I look at, like, this Colonial division, and to me, that's a really exciting race. Like, you could pick four of those teams, three or four of those teams, and make a really good argument right off the bat that, like, one of them is a good shot to win it all. You could. And you go down the list. You have Point Borough, which was a division champ and a playoff team last year that finished 9-1. and one. You have Long Branch that was a playoff team, had a big upset over uh, Pensauk, and I believe mm-hmm. it was in the first round, got to the semifinals. A Manalpin team that we just talked about was three and seven, but played such a good schedule, made the playoffs, and you know lost by three to Jackson. A Raritan team that you know been in two straight sectional finals. A Red Bank regional team that's coming back up under head coach Shane Fallon, won seven games, and a Colts Neck team that's been in the playoffs and been very consistent under Matt Ahern. So that is a division that is, while not the American division, is really good and really balanced. And that is another one where I think it's, you know, like watching a tennis match. It's like just when you think you have a handle on who is taking the lead in the division, there's going to be a game that kind of throws it on its ear. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's very even. And, you know, the objective of the Shore Conference Scheduling Committee uh, was to look at last season's record and try to determine who's coming back and try to make it an even division in each mm-hmm. case. And, you know, for the most part, they did do that right. I mean, I could probably pick one team in each division that doesn't belong there, maybe drop down one or whatever, or drop up one. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, they got it right. And uh, I think even scheduling. Yeah, juggling the amount of teams we have and the fact that they're so spread between we have really good group five and group one, group two, like at all groups. So trying to fit that puzzle together. Is, is not easy. Yeah, that. this colonial division is a little strange, yeah. though, when you have Raritan and Point Borough as group twos mm-hmm. playing up against, you know, much bigger schools, Manalpin, Long Branch, Colson. So, like, but like Ed said, it's more matched by ability. You know, mm-hmm. you ha- we just saw Point Borough as a group two team, and they, they took it there. to Colson. They belong there. Yeah. So they showed, like, we are absolutely a contender to win this division title. Um, to me, that was the an early separation game too that kind of told you all right burrow is what we thought they were going to be um and i was also we talked about manal but i was also impressed by long branch going up to piscataway running for almost 400 yards Mm -hmm. right off the bat against a good middlesex team that's another team that i think we're going to find out a lot more about them this week against donovan catholic but Mm -hmm. i would put them right there as a contender to win this division i think you'd have to Uh, interesting to me is the contrast of styles offense when you look at these teams you have a Point Borough team that runs a triple option, but it's not your typical ball control triple option. It's we want to hit some 65-yard touchdowns, <laughs> right. and they've they've done it with regularity the last you know two three years, and they did it three times, you know, in the win over Colts. Like they had three touchdowns over 55 yards, which is hard to defend. Not to mention that they can also put together you know those 12 to 15 play drives if you let them. So. That, you have that. You have a Long Branch team that has run the, ran the ball really well against Piscataway because we've talked about this. When they have a good offensive line, they are a bear to deal with, right. and the early returns on that are good. Ernest Reeve, uh their standout senior quarterback, had a big game on the ground. Zaheem Brown, don't forget, they get a transfer back starting you know, after four weeks. Davon Kraft, who is at Neptune. So you add another big time back to that, and that makes that interesting. Manalpin, Coltsneck, more physical, grinded out. You know, balanced teams. Right. Red Bank a little bit in that mold. And then a Raritan team that Raritan lost a lot, but Raritan, you know, usually runs the ball really well and just finds ways. They're hard nosed. They compete, you know, but it's not going to be easy to replace Kieran Falzone. I mean, he had the most rushing yards of any running back in the Shore Conference Mm -hmm. last year. I was at that game against Rumson. That was a heartbreaker in the sectional final, but he was incredible. Like, that's one of the best games in school history. He was well over 300 yards rushing. He did everything he could to try to get that title at the end but you're right that's a team that just because of who they lost and they're trying to replace there's more question marks about them they're probably a little bit lower down but they're routed and they always battle you they always are going to give you a a tough game um so i think this division does not have that you know weak link oh my gosh this team's not going to be able to compete with anybody that that's why i think they've done a good job Mm -hmm. of putting teams together that are going to really duke it out. Like, would you be shocked if there is a co-champs or tri-champs no, in this kind of division? Not at all. Two things, Bob. Number one, we're a half hour into the show. First time I heard the word transfer from <laughs> you. I mean, which was obviously a big topic over the winter. So yeah. many kids have transferred. Not 
basically just in the shore, but oh, an entire state. If you look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, the articles that were written, I mean, top-notch talent going from one school to the other, you know, which opened up the transfer rules that, this year. Yeah, that's the nature of high school sports today. And look, we're not going to glorify yes. it, nor will we demonize it. We right. just report it. And it well, is and what I it think is. what it's made it do is it's made coaches have to re-recruit their own team mm -hmm. at yeah. the end of the yes. year. Can I keep, keep these players intact? <laughs> and I think you're seeing more, too, where – say it's a quarterback battle and one kid loses mm -hmm. out, the other kid gets the starting spot, it's almost like college. You hit the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. Okay, the minute I'm not going to start, I'll go find a school where I can. Yeah. I wonder, and not to get too far, too deep in this topic, but I wonder if that kind of, you know, regresses to the mean, you could say, where it's happened in college football where the grass isn't always greener. These players will leave and that better opportunity doesn't exist. And now they're without a scholarship, different at that level with the scholarships, but now they're with, without a team. So, like, you can't play that game too right. much, really, and just bounce around. And but I just I think you're going to see more of these, well, this kid has played for four high schools in four yeah. years kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I just don't know how good that is for the game. But mm -hmm. kids are trying to do the best for their own career. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's just a really tricky situation because now it just feels like at the end of every season, you, you have to assess who's going to be on our team next year, especially mm -hmm. at a public school. Yeah. Are all these guys going to come back? Like, I was almost impressed by Tom's River North mm -hmm. that they retained all of those yeah, players. You're right. But I think part of it is if you're getting the offers you want to get at your school, like Jalen Matthews is committed to Penn State. Mm -hmm. Like what what better was it gonna exactly. get somewhere else? You know, so I mean And you're on a great team. And you're on a team that went undefeated and won a state title. So yeah, I think that's part of it too. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think you're gonna see kids wanting to leave for better opportunities. And like you said, they might not always be there. We we don't know. And I think the other kind of crazy thing that's developed not to go too far in this is like how far teams are searching for talent like one of the D starting d-backs for bergen catholic which is all the way in oronel yeah. was from freehold borough so mm -hmm. i mean like that's how far these bigger teams are sort of scouring the state and beyond for well, players don bosco prep now their quarterback They're is devin sisler who was at central last season so yeah. you're right it's a it's just a completely different landscape. One so, more thing about Point Borough. Yes. I, I think they play this season in this division with a grudge on their shoulders because of the way they lost in the final, in the uh, yes. state playoffs. Yeah. And they are one of those teams that have welcomed a bigger challenge with open arms. Yes. And talking to their head coach, Brian yes. Staub, look, they'd love to run the table in the regular season and go into mm -hmm. the playoffs hot, but right. they would much rather be battle-tested Whatever mm -hmm. that means their record is. Look, everyone right. wants to be healthy. That goes without saying. But you'd, you'd rather know you're ready, that you've seen anything you're going to see in the playoffs, you know, have seen that in the regular season. Mm -hmm. And if you go in, you know, with a loss or two, and you're still the number one seed, and you're healthy, like, what does that matter? Yeah, right. the main question they need to answer, I think, given how last season ended, is can their defense get enough stops against another good team? Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't their offense that was a problem. Mm -hmm. It was that Willingboro – hung 50 points yeah. on them and they just could and they scored 30 of their own yes. but they just couldn't get enough stops so the I think we know this offense is gonna score there's just too many playmakers but are you gonna get in one of those games where it's back and forth back and forth because when they get behind and they start having to throw the ball mm -hmm. a lot more than they like that really gets them out of their comfort zone so to me if their defense can rise up to that occasion against a very tough schedule that'll tell you a lot about their playoff potential completely agree so we'll move on now to the Constitution Division, and this is another interesting one. And now this season it includes Manasquan, Asbury Park, Holmdel, Ocean, St. John Vianney, and Shore. So you have some Group 3s, some Group 2s, 
a Group One insurer, and St. John Vianney, which is a non-public A, but I would not classify them as a large school. Right. So, f- in that standpoint, they're even mostly in school size. Uh, I know Shore won't agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> Mark, Mark Constantino does not want to be in that division. His, uh, his opinion of now, being they, moved up. They into may this be division. going down to the small school division next year. We'll touch on that later. A new addition to the Shore coming next season. Uh, but this division, again, another one. This, this is the division, actually, it's funny you mentioned that before, the one I looked at and I was trying to go through in some of the games and I was like, this has like tri-championship written all over <laughs> it. Uh, and we only had, you know, there was only one division game to start off. It was Manasquan, 14-7 over Shore, came out to the final minute. And I think that might be a harbinger of what this division is going to look like. All and, and I think you may look back on that game weeks from now. And that be like, might that be was the a, championship yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. That would, might be a huge game mm-hmm. to decide this. I mean, I would consider this a fairly wide open division. Manisquan certainly with a very early leg up over a good win over a good short team. Ocean, they lost the graduated Tyler Douglas, their yeah. superstar quarterback who was the centerpiece of their offense now at Temple. So they're a little bit of a question mark just because of all their new guys. Um, Homedale had one win last year. They're trying to kind of regroup after they had had several solid seasons in a row. Um, like St. John Vianney, very young, coming off a tough loss to open the season. To me, though, how did Asbury Park get, get in put there. in this division? Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> it, I, they basically got penalized yeah. for winning a share of the well, title that, last year, I felt like, because they did so well, they got moved up. Yeah. They're tricky because their numbers are so yeah, right. low. low, but they win. They're right. good. So it's, it's, they might only have 24 players, yeah. but they'll beat you with those Compe- Exactly. Competitively, they belong in that division. Numerically, roster size they don't, but like, do you put them in the Patriot division mm-hmm. where it's like they might just run roughshod over those teams? That that's a tough spot to be in. They're an interesting team. New head coach Marquan Mutaz, who played uh, at Manasquan. Uh, interesting story. It was a librarian at Keene University for around thirty years. Yeah. You know, has been an assistant coach all over New Jersey. They have some good players coming back. Raleigh Stevens, yeah. uh, one of them. So they should certainly be a factor in that division. I know numbers were a problem earlier, but they were confident that they would be fine once the season started and they don't open up till this Saturday. So, well, I'm going to sort of disagree with you guys. I think (laughs) this is an easy one. Really? You know, I think after that opening day win, I think Manasquan is going to sort of run the table here. It's my opinion that I would think they're a team that will get better as the season goes along because like Bob and I have talked about before on other days, they, they replaced their quarterback, their leading rusher, Mm -hmm. like their leading receiver. They got, they have to, you know, put a bunch of new guys in there for that offense, which means yeah. this may, you know, they may only just continue to mm-hmm. improve off this, but you're right. I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's crazy to say Manasquan is kind of yeah. made you themselves know, the favorite. Interesting game, uh, Scott and Bob. Uh, Manasquan plays brick Memorial later in the season. They do. That's an interesting game. You're talking about a clash of styles. The hard-nosed, yes. slow-down Manasquan team against right. the fireworks the of fire the Mustangs. Right. Exactly. The team who's doing, like, donuts in the parking lot <laughs> yeah, before yes. the game yes. starts. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, of course. Uh, Ocean's an interesting one because, like you said, they moved down from Tyler Douglas, who graduated. So their goals are the same, but their identity in terms of, like, where their strengths are is completely different. They're breaking a lot of new skill players, but they have an experienced offensive mm-hmm. line led by their uh, standout senior, Nick Caruso, who's committed to Merrimack. He's a four-year starter on the offensive line, yeah. which is rare, especially at a Group 3 school. Uh, and they expect to have a fast and physical defense. So you see something a little bit different from Ocean, uh, and, and we'll see what they're made of when they open against Lacey this week. Uh, and Holmdell coming off a 1-8 and eight season, they're really out to show, like, that's not us. Like, 
It was a tough year. They had a bunch of injuries. Their head coach, Jeff Reynas, missed most, most of the season uh, with a health scare. He's healthy, back, ready to go now. So they're eager to get out there. And in that split back veer, if they get that going, like it's a pain in the neck to go against because they hit you with multiple guys. They break long touchdown runs. They've developed the trend of having thousand yard backs and some all shore offensive yeah. players. Mm-hmm. To me, this is almost like the question mark division. Like, yeah. As much as the American division returned all their stars, this division is like the division where all the stars graduated yes. and we don't really know, you know, who's going to emerge among this new group on all of these teams, you know, because this is, you know, Raleigh Stevens to me, like, and like you said, Caruso, there's, there's very few all shore guys back mm-hmm. from this entire division. Yeah. So it's almost all new guys. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out when, yeah, it's like a blank slate, it feels like almost. But Manasquan, yes, early statement with that win over Shore, and they could just get better. And they're Manasquan. I mean, would anybody be shocked about them mm-hmm. winning a division title? title They've won like nine million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but so- next year they're going to get turf. Not. Well, no, they, they, see, no, but they, they I think that discussion that. has been going on since you were coaching. <laughs> but, but, like but, no, they, saw, they have the turf field behind the school on Broad Street where they yeah, practice all exactly. that, which is great. Exactly. And they have that new field house, which is incredible. That is – Vic Caboo Field will be great. I've forever. seen that little composite drawing that they put up there yeah, before every, the town votes on it. Year. Like <laughs> ten times over the years, and it never comes to fruition. <laughs> so – it's a great football town, that really Hell is. Not great. like Saturdays over yeah, there. Yeah, Vic Caboo Warrior Field. Vic Caboo Field. Warrior Field. Yeah. All right, so three divisions down, four to go. We'll take a quick break, and then we will come back and uh, break down the Freedom Division. You are watching the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion, obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Yeah, yeah. at Asylum Sports Center in Wall for the season debut of the Varsity Link Coaches Corner. Breaking down the divisions, we're going to call a little bit of an audible now. I said we're going to go to the Freedom Division, but we're going to start off with the Patriot Division now, and that's because we're joined live by standout keyboard senior running back and now quarterback Nazir Treadwell coming off a huge game in a season-opening win over Manville. Pretty cool to have some lives calling Nazir. Good to, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, glad you're joining us, and uh, a big win for you guys to open up the season. So tell me about the change, you know, going to quarterback. um, And I know Scott talked to uh, your head coach, Coach Glesman, about the change. What did you think going out there your first game and just running that single back offense, playing quarterback, playing running back, uh, and having a huge five-touchdown performance? Uh, It was a a pretty interesting change, but at the same time familiar. You know, I always had my 
my QB packages and I was familiar with the, you know, the read options at QB, but, you know, having to fully take on the, the QB role, you know, this game, I knew it was going to be something interesting, something different, but, you know, all week I worked at it and I was ready for it by game day. Yeah. And I think the one thing is everyone knows you can run the ball. That's not a secret, but you were four for four passing through a couple touchdown passes and even had the 80 yarder to Ford that got, that got called back. I mean, so uh, you must have had some confidence in your throwing arm, even though you hadn't really played quarterback before. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always felt myself personally would be a pretty good thrower. You know, that's something I feel <laughs> came kind of naturally to me. And, and I, I was ready to showcase it, you know, by the time the game came, I was working on my throwing and practice, you know, beforehand and, you know, perfecting, you know, that aspect of that craft. So, you know, fully, fully helped me take on the role. You know, everyone knows, uh, you know, about you coming off a great, you know, junior season and, and a good sophomore season before that. Was it an important game for you guys to showcase some of the other guys? You know, Makai Henderson had that 96-yard touchdown. Uh, you know, Andre Matthews, you know, had a touchdown as well. Uh, how big was that to get some other guys involved and kind of show the rest of the teams that are going to watch you guys on tape that there's multiple weapons that defenses have to worry about? That was something that was uh, definitely important to us, you know, Coming into the season, we know we had a lot of different big hitters, whether it be in the backfield or on the outside, you know, defensive, offensive. We, we know we definitely have a lot of pieces. We just had to put them in the right spots and to be able to, you know, showcase that in the first week, you know, week zero is definitely, it was definitely good for us because it let everybody know, like, you know, they can't just focus on me, you know, focus on Mike Ford. They have a lot of other stuff to focus on. So, you know, it really keeps, it really keeps them on us. Yes. <laughs> now, I was just going to tell them that my first job in the shore back in the early 70s was at Keyport High School. Mm -hmm. I coached there for about four years with George Comte and Richie Mosca. Enjoyed it. So I may come up and visit you. Saturdays on year. Jackson Street, right? Yeah, exactly. Time. Take that walk from the school, right? Do they have do, a field house do. there now? Do they have uh, a field house by the field? A field house? Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't think so. A field house? No. I don't think so. <laughs> but you have a little locker room you go to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to make that long walk up to the school. <laughs> nah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That would take the entirety of halftime. Well, right. well, um, have a great now, year. how do you look forward to the challenge of Freehold Borough this week? Um, I know they've been on a losing streak. You know they had a tough year last year, but they're a bigger school, and I think that a lot of people are seeing looking forward to how you as a group one school, you guys are going to prove yourself against them. How do you look forward to the challenge of uh, a freehold this weekend? Yeah, we, we've, we've versed higher group schools in the past and we know freehold borough, they're very comfortable with their scheme. Their players have run their scheme for a while. They, they also have some, some pretty big hitters. So, you know, we're just, we're just looking, you know, you know, install some stuff, you know, shut their scheme down and get our scheme going. And, you know, Overall, you know, come out with the win. Come on top. Now, do you know about Ashante Worthy? Did you know him growing up? Like, know about him growing up? Because Freehold did the same thing with him, where he was a star tailback. They moved him to quarterback, and he became like you know the Shore Conference and State Player of the Year. Um, I guess did you know much about him as like making a similar move to what he did? I actually didn't hear much about that move on their part till recently. But that was, you know, that was definitely, you know, interesting to hear that, you no, know, they did the same thing we did and, you know, they're executing with it. So I definitely think, you know, with them executing that on their part and us continuing to execute it on our part, it's definitely going to be a good game to see that happen. Well, good stuff, Nazir. Hey, thanks for calling in. Thanks for watching. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you guys going forward. You know, it's a great win to open the season. Uh, I'm sure you got plenty more in you. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me.
Gotcha. That's Nazir Treadwell, the outstanding senior running back quarterback uh, for Key. Pretty cool to have him join in. Holy Cross recruit. New. Yes. I mean, an FCS guy. Like, it's always, you know, you're always happy for the group one guys get that scholarship to a, you know, a high level division one football program. Way to bring that up about a uh, worthy, yeah. you know, yes. and him, you know, very, you know, that'll be interesting uh, football game. I think it's a little step up for oh, Keyport right. to play a, a freehold. Yeah. Yes. I think so. to me, it's always a question of like, can your offensive line match yeah. the bigger mm -hmm. schools offensive line yeah. and be able to move the ball? Yeah. So while we're in the Patriot division, uh, Keyport, Manchester, Jackson, Liberty, Keensburg, Lakewood, and Point Beach. So you have the small schools and then a couple schools where competitively they fit better in that division with Manchester, Jackson, Liberty, um, and uh, Lakewood. So we had Keyport opened up with a big win we talked about. Manchester, a real nice 34-6 non-conference win over North Plainfield, and Point Beach had a 26-6 loss to New Egypt. Manchester, second year under head coach Tommy Farrell. You know, you're not going to find a more enthusiastic coach in the shore who's really trying to put his stamp on the, you know, the school, the football program, the community, the kids have bought in. So it's kind of cool to see what that progression's been like. Uh, you know, Keyport, you got to stamp them as probably the favorite, I'd have to say, considering they have the best you know, overall player in the division. I don't think that's an outlandish statement to make. Um, and then, you know, you go on down the line. But it seems like it's always competitive, and there's some games that kind of throw you for a loop in there. Yeah, I mean, we got a, a big chunk of the old B South, right? Manchester. Yeah. Lakewood, Jackson, Liberty, um, those are schools, I, I think these are, those are schools that this is an opportunity for them to get that division title, get some momentum in their program, maybe get moved back up to the higher division. Um, so I, I looked at it as like, and Manchester's big thing, last year they also had a good start, right? I yes. believe they were like 3-0. They've done that a couple and times. And then they started they getting into division to play and struggled a little bit. So now the question is, you know, can you keep that momentum? It's not, I mean, I mean let's be honest, it's not an easy place to win historically. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's been a tough place to put together winning seasons year after year. Um, so Tommy Farrell, that's what he's trying to work towards. Okay. Uh, and this schedule and this division certainly gives him that opportunity. Um, Keensburg, they struggled a little bit last year. They, they scored. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. I feel like some of these teams are one of Like Lakewood last year had a lot of really high-scoring games but just couldn't get stops on defense. Um, so so you're, it's, it's like an interesting mix of – some lower scoring defensive type teams and then some high scoring teams that hadn't been able to get a lot of stops on defense. Um, but you're right. I think I, you'd have to give a key port the edge a little bit, but again, they're playing bigger schools. Will that matter when you play a Manchester, a Jackson yeah. Liberty? That's going to be the division that destroys my picks. Like on a few weeks, <laughs> yes. I could just see it coming. We're like, right. how did I? Oh, I went oh and you know four. That's where Ed will make like five ridiculous picks, and we'll be like, what yeah, is he doing? Little, and then he'll go five and zero oh and surge bit. right past That's us. That's the Ed special. Where you're like, <laughs> what is he thinking? Then he goes like twenty one and one. And you're like, okay. You know, nobody is more enthusiastic than Tom Farrell, yeah. Yeah. without a doubt. I don't know if you guys saw it. I'm sure you did, but he sort of did his own hard knocks. Yes. Ah, oh, tremendous. I mean, that's how you bring your team to the mm -hmm. forefront. Yeah, he, really, he's done an awesome job only, you know, in one year and one game. Exactly. And if you're the Manchester football community and the administration, you got to be thrilled because mm -hmm. he has made it where, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to – I live here now. Like, I'm starting a family. Like, I want to be here. He strikes me as someone who will be like, I will coach football for 40 years at this school. You know, if they let me and if we have the success, which nowadays is really rare. So right. that's a cool team to see, uh, you know, Good. make some strides. And like you said, trying to build 
consistency. And to me, Lakewood is just always a wild card because they, they, they have talent, but they sometimes struggle with numbers yes. and, and, and everything else. LJ Clark, he's been there for a while, produced a lot of great players, all shore awesome players. Job, yeah. yeah. Against really some of the most difficult circumstances mm -hmm. in the shore conference of any school. So they, you never know when they might get on a roll and beat some teams. So yeah, that definitely uh, uh, an intriguing division for the small school division this year. Now we'll go on to the Freedom Division, and this is like a, uh, this is like a old for any of the wrestling fans out there. It's like a District Twenty One. <laughs> it's a, yeah, Middletown North, Southern, Howell, Jackson Memorial, Marlboro, and Lacey. Another one where it's like some of these teams don't. You have some rivals in there. Some of them you're like, ah, that, those teams don't play each other often. But again, when you go down, you're like, okay, like these should all be pretty even games. You'd have to put Jackson as the favorite. Uh, you know, even though they graduated an all-shore player at quarterback and some other good players, they bring back almost everyone on defense. You know, they're, Very they're good a top secondary. Team perennially. Yeah, an awesome secondary, a playoff team last year, and, like, a program that gets the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know what you're going to get from them right. pretty much on a yearly basis. Uh, so I'd have them as the favorite. Marlboro was a playoff team last year trying to repeat uh, and, and sustain some success. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Middletown North, I thought – coming right out and putting 45 on Freehold Township. I looked it up. I mean, that's the most points Middletown North has scored in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So they have an offense with two good running backs, mm -hmm. Nino Morgan-Acker and Shane Volante, who both went under over 100 yards mm -hmm. uh, in that win. Luke Sheen, their quarterback, is back. We'll find out a lot more about them against Brick Memorial this week. This week. Um, but Bring a spare calculator. Southern, <laughs> Southern, you know, nice win. Right. Uh, and – Always good. Nobody hears about them way down south, down here in Manahawkin. You know, Southern is such a wild card for me yes. because they they've been like they've been okay. It's been like five and five, four and five. Like just haven't been able to break through. But they've like they rose really up and bad. stunned Long Branch That's last year. They'll like, come they, out of nowhere with yeah. a win. And they have they some win. really good players. Like Armando Sanchez is one of the better defensive players. One of the more uh, underrated defensive. You know, I, I should say. Uh, and then Cole Kramer, you know, went off with all these long – had an 80-yard kickoff. I think it was an 86-yard kickoff return touchdown, an 80-yard touchdown run, and a 65-yard touchdown yes. catch. So, yeah, they, they've proven over the last couple of years they can put together some games and beat you. For them, again, like a lot of these teams, it's about consistency. Right. What can they do on, on a week-to-week -week basis? Um, Howell was 5-5 five and five last year and bring back some pieces. Egan Elms, a quarterback. Brandon Wright, running back. Kevin Maloney one of the most consistently productive receivers the last two years. Has Marlboro turned the corner you that, know, with, their, with their program? That's the question. And they, yeah. they have you know, to be consistent. I just posted their preview today, and you know, they, they've never had three winning seasons in a row. Mm -hmm. So they're going for that this year. Last season, playoff team, first playoff win, you know, first of a lot of things since the 90s. Now it's – can we continue this run? And, and that's the question, and that's what you want to do, building a program. Matt Cassidy, we mentioned before, they have him back as an all-shore running back slash linebacker, some other key players. It was a senior-heavy team, so they're going to have to show that the new guys can come in and they can mm -hmm. hit the ground running in week right. one. And then uh, you know, Middletown, I think we mentioned Lacey. Uh, Lacey, to me, a little bit of an unknown. They had a non-conference 
you know, lost to Absagami. We'll know more when they start playing our conference teams. Right. They play Ocean this week, which is also a little bit of an unknown. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be a game that you'll start to find out more about. Because you, it's hard to judge when you're like, is it just because Absagami's a really tough team and going to be really good yeah. this year? Or, you know, what, what can you take away from that game? It's hard to tell because we don't know those teams from down there as well. Of course, Lou Versillo, the longevity coach. Oh, right? yeah. Only coach in Lacey history, which is, right. you know, that, that's a school that opened in 1980. Right around St. Louis Brick Moral. Yeah. Yeah. So 1981, 82, yeah. something like that. So, yeah, he's, you have a veteran coach, a Hall of Fame coach, you know, has won over 300 games. So yeah. they know how to win down there. We'll yeah, see he's to it. the point where he's like coaching the sons of his like original players. Yes. Like yeah. he's like multiple or generations. Gra- or in the some same cases, family. grand. Yeah, the same. We might be honoring <laughs> the grandsons by now. Really, an incredible string of longevity. Yeah. So that's the Freedom Division, Independence Division, Brick Memorial, Brick, Freeold Borough, Freeold Township, Barnegat, and Madawan. So you have two in-town rivals, and then two schools that are almost the farthest apart from each other in the shore in Barnegat, Madawan. So that that is the uh, the uh, you know a division that doesn't seem to match up geographically at least, but competitively again. Seems to be pretty even. Uh, we talked about Brickmore having the big opening season uh, win. Uh, what stands out to you when you look at the teams in there based on what they did last year and what you think? Could've... Well, I, I would have thought right off the bat, Madawan, just because of all the mm-hmm. guys they got. Martinez back at quarterback. Palumbo, a 1,000-yard rusher back. You know, Jaden Elijah, one of the top recruits in the country at mm-hmm. this point, just got offered by Georgia, their, their lineman. But then they come out and lose 42 to nothing to Cedar Creek yeah. at the Battle of the Beach. That was a little bit of an eye-opener to me of, like, maybe not that, not that they lost, but, like, that they didn't score and that, yeah. like, they struggled. I mean, I, I hope for their sake it was just one of these week zero games, like Ed said. You, you didn't have a lot of time to prepare. It was almost like a glorified scrimmage to some degree. It didn't go well. But the problem is now you got to come back and play Rumson yeah. this week. But as far as this division is concerned, you got to think – them and Brick Memorial would be the two teams you yes. would think would would probably fight out fight it out with Brick wanting to have their say yeah. too. Well, I, I, exactly because Brick has had Brick Memorial's number forever. You know they they Correct. own a long you know a large advantage in that all time series. They beat Brick Memorial last year on the final day of the regular season, season when Brick Memorial needed the win to to have a chance at the playoffs. So they don't. Like they go into that brick moral game every year, going, "We're going to win this thing." So their brother listened to us, going, "No, it's Austin Madden. right?" And they have every right to say that. So this is one of those divisions where you can pick the favorites seem clear, but I feel like a lot of wild things can happen in this division to where an unexpected team wins the title, or you have a, a shared title between two or three. Yeah, teams. I mean, Freehold's coming off a winless season. Mm-hmm. Most of the games were lopsided. They did have a close game and their final game against Howell. And from everything I've heard, they look much better in mm-hmm. this preseason, like in their scrimmages. Um, so they are a little bit, you know, who knows, like if they can throw uh, a wrench into things. Barnegat, I think, is taking a step up in competition. Yes. But, I mean, they were right there in the mix for a division title last year, but JoJo Bivens right there, yeah. all-time leading rusher, graduated. They scored six points in their season opener, 7-6, lost to Mama. So, to me, their offense has to show, like, can yeah. we score without yeah. Bivens against teams like this? But, you know, yeah, to me, I mean, that Madawan-Brick Memorial game, as far as, like, filled with stars and Should some of all-shore playmakers and excitement, and I think Brick is more like our defense thinks we can yeah. slow down some of these teams that have these big names and win that way. And Brick has one of the more underrated you know, really good all-star level two-way players uh, in their senior Jake Toy. Yep. He plays H-back for them, which is, you know, that's not a position you see on every team, but he, he's like a true H-back. 
he's you know he took some shots in, in single back where it's just him uh he, he made had like i think four or five catches at tight end you know, he'll just get straight handoffs as it's a, a tremendous defensive yeah, player and he's a really good defensive player so you know they're a team that is always going to feel like they sh you know they're going to be in the mix and they usually are and we have Frio township who had a tough loss mm -hmm. to middletown and township getting back to ed's earlier point the transfer bug got them pretty good You'd feel for them i mean chase enlow who looked like a budding star at running back he left and went to hunt school mm -hmm. and then um as did sean corchado who's been a, a really good another mainstay yeah, yeah. so they're trying to you know rebuild the offense a little bit or you know adjust it without them uh, and they were tied with middletown north at halftime so they i mean they certainly have that 21. potential um but yeah i think uh Rick Memorial has had all the stats the last couple of years and the, the offensive numbers and all that greatness, but they haven't had the wins in the championships yeah. to go with it. This is their chance this year to yeah. do that. And, and a lot and a lot of it does fall on the defense because you know they're going to score points, but can they win a game where they're, they're playing a good defense and their offense can't put up 30-plus points and Connor Dietz isn't going to go for 300-plus yards by himself? That's the question that Brick Memorial needs to answer. If they answer that, you know, they, they could have a really successful season and make a playoff run because if that defense is shored up, like that's not a team you want to play in the playoffs when no. you know you have a, a quarterback you're facing that can completely take over the game and ruin it. We've seen how many teams have we seen, you know, do that over the years. Right. So they've got a couple good defensive players too. Trey mm -hmm. Talmadge, Trey Talmadge uh, yeah. who's only a sophomore linebacker, mm -hmm. very good. And uh, uh, Marabou, who plays Nico in the secondary now. Mm -hmm. Uh, good little athlete. So they've got some defensive players. Just got to put it together. Yeah, it's like got you said. cohesively right. It's, it's yeah. got to show in the numbers. So that's the Independence Division. Last one, the Liberty Division, Central Regional, Monmouth Regional, Neptune, Pinelands, Tom's River South, and Tom's River East. Only one team in this division had a winning record this season. That's Pinelands. So to me, the Wildcats are the obvious favorite, but I don't think it's going to be that easy as just pencil them in. They it's just kind of strange because Pinelands has only won one division title yeah. in their history. It was in 1987, mm -hmm. but now we're going into a season saying they're the favorite, yeah. but they did win seven games last year. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to say that when no one else in this division won more than three. But I think as we saw in the opening week, Central, I think is going to be a lot better than mm -hmm. they were last year. They only had one win. Chase Gumbrecht got hurt in that first game, and the season kind of spiraled out because they had built so much around him. But they got serious playmakers, Division One guys on that team. Mm -hmm. So I think Central will be right there in the mix. Monmouth picked up a, a win in their first game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's strange saying Pinelands because that's not a role they normally have to to oh. deal with yeah. as being the favorite and having like the target on their back. Uh, but that shows what John Tierney has been able to do there. And they, they have some good guys back this year. They do. They, they return a good amount. You know, they graduated an all shore uh, second team, all shore defensive lineman, Mike Hall, who was awesome mm. for them last year, like over a hundred tackles as a defensive end, you know, up there in sacks, tackles for laws, all that. Um, he graduated along with a couple other players, their quarterback, Ryan Allen, who played in the all shore game, but, they bring back a thousand yard running back in Jamin Parkinson. Uh, you know, a really good tackler in their secondary, Liam Villinger, who was third in the shore in tackles last season, has been doing that since he came on the field. Uh, and then they have Jaden Hadsevich, who is an offensive lineman who's had some FCS, FBS interest, who's another big, you know, six foot five, pushing 300 pound guy, him and Anthony Iguano on the right side. So you know, they, they have a formula. You know, they're going to run the I formation, they're going to pound it, and they're going to try to go play action, play tough defense. Not a, you know, it's a tried and true method, and it worked really well for them last season. They can do it again, 
Yeah, they're going to have a really good year. I think them and Central, right now at least, looks like it's a game. Two schools are kind of similar size, Ocean, old B-South rivals. I think that's a game to watch. Interesting little controversy over the winter with the Tom's River, the inner Tom's River circle, mm-hmm. with <laughs> East and South yeah. having to play Tom's River yes. North. Okay? I know there were some who wanted to play, some didn't want to play, and, uh, you know, because of playoff implications, mm-hmm. you know, and you could put your, you know, thoughts on who was who, <laughs> but yes. uh, they ended up obviously playing. <laughs> well, what's your opinion? Do you think well, they should play every year regardless? No, no okay. I do not. I mean, in a situation like there, mm-hmm. like this, North comes off of a big win against Millville. They have to play Tom's River East this week, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I understand it's a game where – there's some people in the community that just want to see it, but exactly, it's that, that doesn't ben, like that doesn't benefit any of the teams. No, like East, I think it was seventy to nothing or seventy to six last season. Yeah, nobody wins in that regard. No. So that's a tough one. East and South, though, like that's that would that'll be, be a, a good one. Team. That'll be a good. That one. That happens in that district. So you usually have that one team. It hasn't usually happened to this degree. We have that one team that is better, and two other teams that are kind of similar it's been rare that all three of them are but again i I also look at like this division as an opportunity for those teams you know they're trying to like get some momentum again and like rebuild the programs Mm -hmm. a little bit like there's winnable games in this division like you can make some headway Mm -hmm. you know so i think that you know this is an opportunity for for those two teams to kind of um turn things around and and monmouth has had some success in recent years Mm -hmm. i know big win opening day yeah but i think this um this division is just it's not totally wide open, but it's not like this is another one you joke about the picks from oh, week yeah. to week where you're going to go. This is really hard. Like these teams yep. are so even. And I, we haven't even talked about Neptune. I mean, this is a, one of the proud programs of the Shore yes. Conference. They just need stability. Mm-hmm. They've had a different head coach like every year, almost yeah. like a four of the last five years or something. Mike Sieber's there. He's a Neptune guy. Mm-hmm. He was on the staff when Mark Ciccatelli was there and they won state titles. So he knows what it's like to be part of like that championship constructed yeah. team. Um, That's another school that keeping your own yeah. players. I mean, how many Neptune issue. guys have popped up as stars on other people's rosters? Place, yeah. You know, so I think that it's a, it becomes a catch 22. Well, well, they're not going to Neptune because they're not winning games. Well, we're not winning games because <laughs> yes. they're not coming to Neptune. Yeah. Right. So I think that is a, is a tricky situation. But yeah, you, this is, again, this is an opportunity for them. Get some wins, get some momentum, get back to being a winning team, and then you, you retain your guys, and then all of a sudden maybe you're the old Neptune pretty mm-hmm. soon. Well, we've gone over the time a little bit, but look, it's week zero for us too. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll talk about Varsity Link uh, and some of the new things they have going on, and then we'll quickly get to some of the, the headline games from week one. So a quick break, and then we'll be back with that. You are watching the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above.
back at Asylum Sports Center in Walls. We get ready to wrap up the uh, 2023 season debut of the Varsity Link Coaches Corner. With that, we're going to talk about Varsity Link. It's the Athletes Social Media Network. What does that mean? Well, we'll ask one of the guys who knows best, Jason Wamba from Asylum Sports Center and Varsity Link. So you guys have been around for a couple years now. Yes, sir. Been building, really doing a good job. What are some of the new things you guys are excited about? And just tell us what uh, you guys are hoping uh, you know, to bring to Varsity Link this season and beyond. Yeah, well, right now we're working on – well, we, we've pushed out team, team pages where mm-hmm. coaches can go on there, add their rosters. They can put their events in. Right? They can push out schedules to their teams. It's a communication page basically for your, your entire team to get mm-hmm. on there and, and see what's going on. It's, it's a database. Let's say you got game day uh, tomorrow. You put out your schedule for game day. You add your players on there. All your kids can see that rather than relying on the whiteboard, all the kids getting in there, mm-hmm. it's, it's blasted out. You know, it's similar to like a, a spawn or a team, team app. It's all pushed into one area and one, yeah. one, respective, one respective place. It seems like a great organizational tool and also like the social media aspect of it. You know, it, it's like the LinkedIn for high school athletics exactly, or for college athletes. Yep. Or it, it's, a, it's a place to interact, but also it's a professional place where college coaches want to go in you know, they're not going to have to filter through your Instagram, your Twitter account, your TikTok. It's, it's all going to be in one place. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's all going to be put in one place. And once we, you know, we're turning around right now, we're pushing out stats. We're, we're starting to work with some organizations and teams where we're pulling stats uh, and being able to upload them. So, so now teams and colleges and, and organizations can have tracking of all that stuff mm-hmm. all in one place. So it's, it's, re- it's really exciting. I know we're in year three now. Each year we're, we're one step closer. We're continuing to gain u- user bases. So continue to get on there, log in, uh, check it out. Um, if you have questions, give us a call, shoot us a message, whatever it may be. But continue to use it and, and check it out. It's a great, great app. For sure. Uh, anywhere uh, you download your app, so the App Store, the Google Play Store uh, for most of us. Uh, Jay, also uh, an assistant coach at Ocean. You guys open up this yes, weekend. Sir, yes, sir, How tomorrow. excited are you guys to, to hit the field? You had so many teams open up week zero. I'm sure it's not that bad to get the extra week, but I'm sure some of these guys are itching to get out there and hit well, some uh, we're, we're really excited. We're really eager as well. Uh, we're home tomorrow night uh, against Lacey Township. Um, our guys are geared up. We're ready to go. I just left practice. I ran, ran over, shot over here. Uh, we just got done with the hog dinner. Uh, it's a big, big tradition <laughs> in Ocean Township. So, uh, for some of you guys that know about that, it's just a, it's our Thursday night dinner, or Friday, you know, Friday, uh, Thursday night dinner before Friday night game, Wednesday for us this this week. But uh, we're really excited to get on the field tomorrow night. Now is that the hog dinner? Is that just the hogs? No. Nah. What was the menu? That was that, well, that, 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 that was my initial reaction. That was the like, important question. When, when I first came to the Ocean, I was like, is this just for the old linemen? Because I'm down. We're we're good. <laughs> we, we get after it. It's a whole team dinner. Uh, parents do a great job. Um, you know, they really, they really, really put in a lot of effort for the kids there in Ocean Township. Special part of high school football. Yeah, like we always talk about, we have the kids on the yeah. pasta parties, like pasta parties. Th- those kinds of team bonding moments, like the wins and losses. You remember all those stuff, but like those things are super important. I'm sure you remember them. I know oh. I do, and all of us. So, what's that like when you kind of have those team bonding moments, especially before the first game of the season, where the anticipation is so great? I think, I think, like you said, like the anticipation. It kind of, it kind of. Brings it down a little bit, lets the kids kind of be kids, you know, enjoy the environment with each other, and then kick off on Friday night or Thursday night, and, and they're ready to go, locked in. Big red territory. I happened, right, happened to be there the other day watching a field hockey scrimmage on the <laughs> uh, on the football field, and uh, brought back some memories of me and Coach Conti coaching together. Oh, I love it. That's it's great. been everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, I I'm sure we'll see I him spread tomorrow. my uh, oh, he'll be there. He'll yeah. be on the sideline, <laughs> yep. second guesses. All the coaches <laughs> now. <laughs> now, well, Jay, big, big time. 
Big Red fan. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank and, you for uh, having me. You know, best of luck to you guys at Ocean, and certainly excited to see what Varsity Link you know, has in store uh, today and in the future. Absolutely. Go that's download. That's Jason Wambaugh from Varsity Link. Uh, so now we're just going to roll right into, you know, what to look for in week one. You know, we dive in now after this week. Everyone will have played a game, an exclusively non-divisional and non-conference slate. We talk about some of the, you know, Brickmore, Middletown North, Manalapin visiting Jackson, uh, some good, you know, Lacey Ocean, uh, as we just talked with Jay, some interesting games on the radar. Uh, what, what intrigues you the most and, and where are you thinking about going this weekend? Well, I know you're saying you're going to Manalapin Jackson. That's always a good game. Yeah. Uh, they either scrimmage or play each other like every year. It's always a physical game. Jackson beat Manalpin last mm -hmm. year, 10 to seven, knocked them out of the state playoffs. So obviously the Braves are going to be looking for a little revenge. And come on, who doesn't love football in the jungle? Yeah. I know you, although I know you were talking about getting attacked by all the flies <laughs> at uh, the swamp. Might not be the jungle, I think they're, they're more the size of like bats. They may just pick you up and like fly you off into the woods. I was joking with Scott, I'm going to show up with the full beekeeper suit <laughs> just to make sure I don't get, you know, um, attacked. But the atmosphere at the jungle is always a great time. A game I'm going to be going to on Friday night, just because I, it intrigues me a lot, is Donovan Catholic at home against Long Branch, both coming off real solid wins. Both, you know, some star-studded rosters there. It's a non-division game, but I think it's a great test for Long Branch. Another, I mean, Donovan Catholic's schedule is relentless. Yes. I mean, St. Augustine and Long Branch outside your division. I believe they also <laughs> might play Red Bank. So, like, they have they no... St. Joe's Montville. Yeah, also. yeah. Oh, I mean, they have yeah. no let-up all year. So, I'm uh, interested to see, you know, Michael Thomas, Najee Calhoun, all those guys. Um, so, that's another game. And then, yeah, your alma mater... You know, bring some extra bulbs for the scoreboard at Brick Memorial. It'll be on there. Friday. I'll be there. I'll be there sitting in the end zone. What are you looking for in that game, Brick Memorial Middletown North? Well, somebody's defense has to step yeah. up. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you said, uh, Memorial put up 51, North put up 45. What defense is going to stop the other team's offense? And and turnovers, I think, could be huge. Yeah. You get a, a pick or a fumble and get that extra possession and deny the other one a possession, that could be the difference in that game. And ironically, both those teams' defenses played great in the second half of their games. Brickmore was losing at halftime, yeah. and I don't know if Allentown scored at all after that. No, no, and 25 at halftime. Yeah, exactly, and Middletown shut out Friel Township in the second half. So while they did give up points in the 20s, they're probably both feeling pretty good about the way they regroup in the second half. So that'll be – interesting uh to see that play out and also like the two games i'm recovering i'm gonna go from like a game that's potentially really low scoring to one where you know i might run out of ink and have to bring the third another game. game though that stuck out to me that you would in the preseason you would have thought oh this is another great rivalry that's being renewed is rumson and madawan yeah you know they played some tremendous state championship games there 2010 2011 but then after the madawan lost to cedar creek i think people are wondering okay like is this still a big game? Mm -hmm. If not, I mean, it's at Rumson, so that's tough for Matawan to have to go in there and win a game. But the question for them is, you know, okay, was that an aberration last week? Or, you know, Rumson looked really good. But that, to me, was a game like me might have circled before the season. But then now you're like, oh, I'm not 100% sure about it. So I think Matawan has something to prove in that game. Saturday, Point Borough at Manasquan. Mm -hmm. it's a, that's a big one. And then uh, – Friday night central at Southern. Who's for real? You and, know? That, and that's a rivalry. Yeah, great rivalry. Right, 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 right next to each other. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think those and those that game. I th I think the Central Southern game. I feel like that's a game on Friday night when I'm checking on Twitter or going back to write the recap. It might be like, whoa, like this was one of those. 
And we've seen a lot with them. Going back from Central, I had Mike Bickford. You know, they played some wild back-and-forth games that have been high-scoring or have come down to a play at the end or some kind of crazy play, a fumble return, a kickoff. Like right. That game seems to have it all. You know, yeah, and, and again, that's one of those games they want to keep on the schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they, mm-hmm. they they might not be in the same division, but those schools, you talk to them, the, both sides mm-hmm. are very eager to keep that intact. You know, that was their Thanksgiving game for years. And like, you know, that's the thing. Like, even though Thanksgiving's kind of barely non-existent for games anymore, you'd like to still see those rivalry games. Mm-hmm. My idea, obviously, was to move them all to the state playoff cutoff weekend yes. where you had to we go through your one. rival. If you want to get into the playoffs, you want to get a better seed, you better beat the, you beat the team that, like, you can't stand that you'll be talking about in 20 mm-hmm. years whether you won that game or not. So I'm happy they, they um, kept that game. Uh, and kept that rivalry intact. And yeah, Point Borough Matasquan, another tremendous mm. rivalry. And two just so far polar opposite teams. Yeah. A defensive low scoring team against like a pyrotechnic offensive team. <laughs> <laughs> Very and, true. And we can't leave tonight without telling our listeners where Kip Academy is. I, Ed has <laughs> Get the phone, start Googling me. <laughs> if the, anybody knows, call it. The, uh, the Shore Regional of, plays them, yes. by the way, this week. The one bit of news we did want to mention, and we teased it before, uh, New Egypt, which is located in Ocean County at Plumstead Township, west of Jackson. If you don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who probably don't know in the Shore. I think we take that for granted. When you're going past Great Adventure, yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, they will be joining the Shore Conference starting with next scholastic year, so the 2024-2025 year. It seems like a perfect match. It's a small group one school. That it, it gives our group one schools, the current ones, you know, more options to play against. It's, it's good for New Egypt, too, not just in football, but in all sports. So that just seemed like a home run and a no-brainer for both And their school. coach is excited, Steve Fence, because mm-hmm. he's a longtime shore guy. He was an yeah. assistant at Manchester for 15 years and then at Barnegat for two years before he got the head job in New Egypt where he's been for eight years. And his son, Brady, yeah. is a starting offensive lineman he's for Pinelands. Yeah. Um, so a lot of shore connections for him. And I think, yeah, he's – I spoke to him and he said the you know they they play in that West Jersey Football League which has like 94 teams yeah. or something so your schedule rotates so much you don't have any continuity you don't play the same teams like you don't build any mm-hmm. rivalries and now these group one schools in the shore are always looking for more games against comparable sized teams like the Keensburg and Keyport and, and and shore and all them so this slots right in with that and one thing I didn't even realize he was telling me in their other sports because this is for all sports mm-hmm. not just football they didn't play in any tournament other than the state tournament. They didn't have a county tournament, and they weren't in a conference. So in the other sports, they only played in the state tournament, and that was it, in which is very strange. That is yeah. odd. So safe to, uh, safe to say they won't be in the American next year? <laughs> well, I don't know. If they win too many games this year, they, they might, might get moved in there. <laughs> you guys are too funny. I was going to ask for final thoughts, but that's about as good as we're going to get there. So... Uh, Good first episode. Great to be back talking short conference football on the Varsity Lynn Coaches Corner. Good luck to all the teams beginning their season uh, this week, and especially to the seniors. The last go around for you, you know, it's the the last first game of high school you're ever going to have. So cherish it. Good luck. Hopefully everyone you know stays healthy throughout the season, uh, and we have some great games to cover. So for Scott Stump and Ed Sarluca, I'm Bob Batters. Thanks for watching the Varsity Lynn Co- Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network, and we'll see you again next week.